For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. That's right, everyone. Always use your head. Hello, friends of the Chair Shot Radio Network, and welcome into an overstuffed edition, a combo edition of your Tuesday with a musical chair season finale. And that's right, folks. And very excited about it. And yeah, that's right. Adding a conjunction and conjunction function, conjunction junction. What's your function? And a new edition of Hockey Talk. We are doing some hockey talk today. That's right. Patrick O'Dowd here with David Ungar. David, how are you doing today? I am hyped this week because I am in full-blown concert mode this week. Because next Monday, so or actually by the time this drops, Monday, because it's kayfabe, kayfabe Tuesday, Monday of next week, I will be in Boston. And I will be seeing Queen and Adam Lambert at TD Garden for the third time ever with two of my dearest friends who don't listen to the podcast, but I'm going to shout out my friends, Amanda and Taylor. They're coming with me to check out my favorite band of all time with Adam Lambert. Very, very excited. Very excited. To see Taylor, like, like the Taylor Swift or something. Are you a Swift? No, 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 no. I, Travis, Travis wouldn't let her out of the house for the weekend. <laughs> so I will, will, have to deal with my friend Taylor, who is a Swifty, uh, pretty pretty big Swifty. It uh, seems it, that's the uh, theme of the world, right? For a lot of people, you me. know, I don't hate her I, or anything like that. Well, here's what I think is really interesting, and you know, let's be real: Taylor Swift is never going to be on an edition of the chairs. I don't think. I don't think either one of us are, are that deep, unless we have a very special guest host. Yeah, like if my like, wife does it, maybe. <laughs> you know, if PC Tunney comes on. And does a special edition. I hear he's a huge Swifty and is all for a little Taylor Swift action. But no, I am for uh, Queen and Adam Lambert. Dude, I have already, like, I've cheated so hard on this concert already. I have gone to setlist.fm after every single concert, the day after the concert, to see what they did for from show to show. And it just started, like... This tour, this this North American tour, which is only 16 dates, it's a very quick kind of wrap-up to a combination. It's weird. So their website is calling it the finale of the Rhapsody Tour, which they've been doing since pre-pandemic. It's been this huge, multi-global, paused-by-the-pandemic tour. And yet on Brian May's Insta, he called it the Return to Human Tour, or Being Human Tour, or something, which is... Uh, hold on, I'm going to cheat 
for a second. Uh, I'm going to go back to is it's actually the name of one of the songs that they play uh, on this run of the Rhapsody tour. Uh, and by the way, folks, if you ever like, I strongly recommend if you are a big like concert person, uh, I love going to concerts like David. Arden. It's called Back to Human. He's calling it the Back to Humans tour. He's talking about it being the start of the Back to Humans tour. And so I wonder if this is a prelude of the next global tour that they're doing because they're they're doing this tour stateside. They play in Ontario tonight before making their way back stateside. So they started in Baltimore, did two shows in Baltimore, are going to Ontario, and then uh, I can't remember where they go. But by the time we get to this coming Sunday, it'll be they'll be in Boston for two dates: Sunday, Monday. I couldn't get tickets to the Sunday show. I got tickets to the Monday show. And so very excited to be able to do that with my friends. The show itself, they, they are a solid two-hour show every time with no opening band, no encore, or no, um, no breaks. Um, they do have an encore. Basically, you stay until you hear the song Heroes by David Bowie because that's what they play as your exit tune every time. So this is not tomorrow. I mean, kayfabe aside, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, correct. Okay. So, and it, it's not going to interfere with bandwagon nerds, dude, or or hockey talk. Sweet. Well, that'll be fun. I mean, yeah, with this episode, with this uh, kind of a uh, combination musical chairs hockey talk. In the words of Semisonic, right. who is not my band, this uh, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Pat, right? That's that's true. Yeah, and we are we as you just hinted. That's the the NHL season starts on the tenth. The 10th happens to be today, kayfabe today. And so Dave and I, if you'll all recall from last week's edition of Musical Chairs, we're like, ah, oh, we got another week. We'll do we'll do a hockey preview and then we'll be ready to go. And then I texted Dave because I was looking at the NHL. I want to say it was the NHL Twitter feed that was like, who's ready for Tuesday? And I'm like, not us, Uh and we only have three games. The the three games that we're kicking off, but ESPN has, is, is airing them all. We're going to talk about, we're not going to do a full-on breakdown of the division uh, for this edition of Hockey Talk. I'll just, we'll run through it. So Dave and I are going to wrap up Musical Chairs season finale. I, I, I am very excited about my season finale act. I hope Dave is too. I, I double-checked every list I had to make sure that I had not done this act before because I don't want to double dip just don't want to do it was excited to find out that i i didn't see it anywhere so unless dave calls me out and even if he does i'm gonna be like fuck it i'm doing it anyway but we're gonna do that we're gonna wrap up our musical chairs and then we're gonna talk about just our biggest storylines for the nhl going into the 2023 2024 season and some of that could be division predictions but there's some significant injuries out there some significant additions going to be a lot of fun and of course you'll hear us talk about our beloved caps and blue because there are teams and so we're definitely going to spend a little time talking about them talk and none about of your them, teams bury them what's the difference right something like that but we're not going to do any of that until the last segment of the show what we're going to do is we're going to take our first commercial break and then we're going to wrap up musical chairs dave i i go first this time or do you go first? I, I go. I kick it off. This This is why Dave is on the show, everybody, because Dave actually knows and tracks this shit. Dave does a great job of providing the lists, 
of the artists and the songs, and he also knows whose turn it is. So when we come back, Dave is going to kick it off with his season three finale band on musical chairs, which you are listening to as a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Musical Chair slash Hockey Talk here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to invest in our beautiful little internet wrestling radio entertainment network, the whole shebang. Get your chair shot swag over there. I'm still pulling for somebody to buy the third bandwagon nerds tee at some point. I'm Only gonna, $19.99. I'm going to do that. You got to keep it. forgetting, represent man. <laughs> got to remember I, that. Represent the brand. I got, I got it. I got to represent the brand too, but... Spend nineteen ninety nine on a, on a second, sweet, sweet one? DP. Ah, DP has one. That's right. So yeah, so invest nineteen ninety nine. And see, and you say fuck that guy at the end of every bandwagon nerds episode, and he actually invested in us. It's said with nothing but love and respect. Got you. But uh, anyway, nineteen ninety nine for a standard style shirt. Spend a few dollars more, get a soft style. Your giblets will thank you, and we will thank you for helping keep us on the airwaves. That out of the way, Dave. It's our finale. Are you sticking with your theme of what could have been bands, or are you going with one of the faves this time around? Actually, well, it is one of my faves, and it is a it was a one of those what could have been bands until this year, where it kind of okay. it kind of morphed into oh they're back again. So I'm doing yeah they are one of my favorites. back <laughs> back again. Oh. Is one of my favorite bands, and uh, you know, in, in addition to the whole mantra or kind of motif of of talking about things that could have been bands that imploded before they they should have. There's also been a definite kind of 
leaning in my this year into more of the 90s power punk sort of stuff with you know not rage against the machine excluded um but this band kind of definitely signifies that whole power punk thing they're one of my favorite bands of all time um and they had a lot of issues with some controversy a couple years ago we'll talk about but my band this week is yellow card so oh wow now that's a band okay i i know like their one song ocean avenue two like big songs but that's a yeah walk away yeah yeah so i first heard these guys and i think a lot of us were this way i think it was madden 2004 i think was the game that came out and they had way away on there which i think is the song you're thinking of pat and i was like who the hell are these guys and and fell in love with them from that point and kind of from that from that point on kind of went back and tracked and, and got familiar with them although there's not a lot of of backstory before that but i've got some cool personal stuff about yellow card but they formed in jacksonville florida and i think it was the late 90s they formed and when they started off uh ryan keese who's the vocalist now he was like a backup singer so they had some other people in the band and they kind of came out as more of a, a just a straight up like punk band and not so much like a power punk band and they put out like like their first album, which, you know, I won't the, the original title of the first album. We can't. It's not very politically proper at this point in time. But then they came back and they kind of redid it. And their first album was uh, very much a punkish sort of record. Then Ryan comes in. He takes over the vocals and uh, they are a unique band in that. If you've heard them and spend any time listening to them, there are not many bands out there. You know, we talk about the violins and the fiddles for the trailer park on Bandwagon Nerds. These guys, front and center, one of the distinctive parts of them is a violin in almost all their songs. And there are very few bands that do that. There are very few who pull it off. Um, One of my favorite songs by them is Always Summer. There's a killer violin solo in the middle of that. Instead of a guitar solo... Uh, it's uh, Sean Macklin is the is the violinist in it. He just tears this thing up. So they've always been like this unique band. You know, they have their their original drummer is a guy named Longinue Parsons. What a name, right? Um, that is quite a name. That is quite the, the third, no less. Longinue Parsons, the third. Um, you know, he's wow. he's and this is not to try and be stereotypical or anything like that, but you don't see a lot of you know African American drummers playing like metal and punk and things like that. Um, he's one of the best. And, and like the personal story I, I have about yellow card is that years ago when I was with my ex-wife, um, her brother was the drum tech for a band called blue October, which you probably heard of them as well. Um, blue October, <laughs> uniquely enough, one of the other bands who has a violinist prominently figured in there. Well, yellow card opened for them. And so they played a show at the Greek theater. I was actually on the stage or to the side of the stage during yellow card set. And my ex-wife's brother and Longinue Parsons were kept like, you know, cause he was a drum tech. They kept like messing with each other during the set. And man, Parsons just tore that thing all to shreds. And it is one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to. And yeah, it helps that you're on stage with a band and you can actually see it all happening. But um, they are just a very unique sound, a very distinctive sound. You know, they had they had the uh, Ocean Avenue, which of course is probably the song that you know most, their most popular one. They had a solid follow up to that. They had a third album called Paper Walls, which was really good, and they kept progressing as a band. You know, you saw them 
growing as 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 not just musicians but as lyricists and and their song meaning got deep then they took like a two-year hiatus and no one was really sure are they going to come back or not and at that point they're like okay this is one of these what could have been bands then they come back they do two more really really solid record um and then Parsons decides to leave the band, I think around like 2014 or something like that. He leaves the band. They've never really got a, I don't know, they've had other drummers, but nothing, you know, of that ilk, that kind of level. They came out with Lift a Sail, and then they kind of, they, 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 you know, the whole Juice World controversy, I assume you remember that, where they, the original members sued the state of Juice World for illegally, well, they claimed sampling those uh, lyrics or the melody for Hollywood died. And then it got very controversial because after he passed away, Juice World did, they kept up with the lawsuit and they really struggled with, with whether to do that or not. But they felt like intellectually there was something to this. Um, it eventually got dropped, but man, like <laughs> all of Juice World's fans came out. I'd never saw a band get so many dislikes on a video that just came out of nowhere. As these guys did, it was it was remarkable to see like wow, all these dislike. I've never seen a video get disliked this much, and it it, it was like nothing like that before that. But then they came out like 2016. I remember it was like you had all these bands like they they came out with their what was supposed to be their final album, Yellow Card's final album, self titled album, came out broke up. You know that was the end of it. They had a big you know they announced it ahead of time on their website, so it wasn't like. You know, it wasn't like something that came out of nowhere and you were like, oh, wow, these guys just left. They said, this is it. We're done. You know, we want to do other things. Here's the final album. Here's the final tour. Um, And you thought, okay, well, that's it. You know, that's it. You thought that's it. And then like earlier this year, there was a music festival, not Lollapalooza, but something else going on in Chicago. And they reunited for that show. And you're like, wow, that kind of came out of nowhere. And then there was maybe a hint of this was happening because the uh, that festival that I think just happened or is happening in a couple weeks in Vegas, the When We Were Young Festival, we've talked about that on the show before. They're listed on the placard, the poster for that. And you're like, that's really interesting. How are they, how are they listed as a band on there if they're broken up? And then about a month ago, you got, they dropped the um, this EP, Childhood Eyes. It came out of nowhere. Five songs on there, all of them really good. One of my songs that I'm going to mention here today is, is one of the ones from there. And now it looks like we probably are going to get another album. Um, you know, it looks like they're they're on a full touring schedule. So it's really interesting. Just the roller coasters, highs and lows of this band as to, you know, they're here, they're broken up. Oh, they're back. They're done. Oh, wait, no, they're back. That sort of thing. But I've always loved them because of just the uniqueness of their sound. And I think like um, the song Believe, which is not one of the ones that I've ha- had on there, but they wrote that after 9-11, and those lyrics are very, very powerful, talking about firefighters going into the Twin Towers, bringing people out alive, and that sort of thing. So they're just they're just a really unique-sounding band. They've always been one of my favorites. I do have a little bit of a personal... Like, I was actually on their tour bus that time that I went to saw them. We got to go on their tour bus. The lead singer, Ryan Keyes, he's not talking about music or partying. His biggest concern that night was Florida and Georgia were playing the very next day. And he was like a, a Florida alum or something like that. So that's what he was most concerned about was the biggest cocktail party in the world and had nothing to do with the music or anything like that. So really nice guys, cool guys. I'm thrilled to see them back because, you know, Pat, when you get one of your favorites comes back in any form or function, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. So, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, man. Yellow card, you know, lineup changes, 
you know, stylistically, they've changed a little bit here and there. But yeah, that violin that <laughs> that he plays in the middle of a, or at the beginning in the middle, it's actually prevalent during all their most of their songs. So yeah, that's that's what I got, man. That's my that's my finale for this year. They're one that I've wanted to talk about for a while, and um, there you go. And it's a good thing you did because I know nothing about Yellow Card acts outside of like their band name and one song. So for a change. I'll be the one checking out the music that you suggest as opposed to like what you said last week when I when I threw Sly and the Family Stone at you that uh, you got to go back and listen. So fun, fun stuff uh, and, and excellent choice. Yeah, their their name, of course, you know, it comes from soccer sort of. But what I didn't realize until right. looking into this, I always thought, oh, it's just, you know, they must be soccer fans. But it was a term I guess the kids were using back in the day when somebody would go to a party. And um, they'd like spill beer on the carpet or they would perform what I guess they called air quoting party fouls um, and they would call it a yellow right. card. And so that's where they kind of got. <laughs> What's that? Kids these days. I know. I it's mean, weird. Jesus. Whatever. It's a party foul. It is. I'll be making up new terms. Exactly. So that's kind of where that came from. And, and, and the name is. Yeah. And of course, it has something to do with soccer and that, that sort of thing. But. Um, the two songs that I have, and one of them is from the One for the Kids record, which is the one that comes out before um, Ocean Avenue. And it's 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 where they, they switch from this kind of power punkish sort of thing, or not power punk, like straight up punk, to the power punk stuff like Blink-182, uh, Third Eye Blind, bands like that. And the song's called Sure Shot, and it's it's one of my favorite songs on that record and you get to see like the first record that it did is very punkish it's hard to recognize you know what the hell are they saying that sort of thing this one's totally different um the second song is off of the um the new ep that just came out and i gotta look it up because i've lost my place where is it where are you you're here somewhere there you go all right so it's off the um the new childhood eyes ep five songs are all fantastic it's called hiding in the light and um the title song, Childhood Eyes, is really good as well. But this one has kind of a, a feels like it goes back to um, uh, some of their other stuff. I mean, it's got a more uh, a feel of like some of the older yellow card songs. And I think a lot of us have liked that. So those are my two. Sure Shot, Hiding in the Light. Go check that out. If you're interested in yellow card and you can get beyond the whole controversy that they went through, um, you know, they're not the only ones to sue somebody. Marvin Gaye sued some. In fact, the same lawyer who represented Marvin Gaye in his lawsuit for similar sort of stuff, represented Yellow Card. And there was a lot of bullshit. Like, they're seeking $15 million, and he's like, no, they're not. They're just seeking what the same thing that that Marvin was looking for, you know, that sort of thing. So a lot of misinformation. And, yeah, again, kids nowadays you get, get, get behind a cause without being fully informed and just, you know, flame everything. So get around that. They didn't do anything wrong. Tremendous band, uniquely talented. Go check them out. All right. There you have it, kids. Our 30-minute show, 22 minutes, taken up by David Agar, talking about Yellow Card. No, just kidding, Dave. No, but you can tell he loves the band because he did uh, give you a very in-depth rundown. So great, great stuff. We're going to take our second commercial break of three today, folks. We're going to take a third break because we got a lot to talk about. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you and give you my final choice for season three of musical chairs that's right you're going to catch it all here on musical chairs a part of the chair shot radio network here on the chairshot.com 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right. Welcome back, everyone to the musical chairs portion of Tuesday with Dave and Patrick. Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar, here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chairshot for all of your chair shot swag needs. Okay, my choice today is an artist who has been active since the early, no, actually, sorry, the late 70s. Since 1976, they are still actively touring today at the ripe age of 63. They are still selling out shows everywhere they go. They are a beloved artist, Dave. They are respected, but I would be willing to wager they're not quite as respected as they should be. I think they're actually undervalued. Because of the music that they play. Would you care to guess? It's an individual. I'll even say this. It's an individual artist. Uh, since 76, individual artists, underappreciated. God, that. Still actively <laughs> that's a, touring. That's a lot of them. Still um, putting out new albums. God, I have no. I can't give you I can't give you too many clues because it'll give it away. That's the problem. I'm trying to think who's still out there. I mean, I know you covered Neil Diamond previously, so it's not Neil. Um, well, Neil's not touring anymore. Yeah, because of the yes, Parkinson. I got. You're gonna love this one. I got nothing, man. Good. I mean, I know Rick Springfield's still out there, but it can't be him. No, no. So here, okay. Uh, time to give it away. No man on the planet has made a stronger living doing parody songs and playing the accordion than one weird Al Yankovic. And I argue that because he is known as the parody song guy that we don't respect the musicianship nearly as much as we should. And you have not done him, but you've mentioned him and thought about doing him a couple times, I think. It's been a long time coming. And the fact that this man continues to tour relentlessly and sells out. Now, here's the thing I appreciate about Al. He doesn't go to the biggest venue in the world. He knows what he can fill. He knows his fans. And he sells out every damn show. I just went to his page and looked at what he's up to. And so he's got a few stateside tour uh, dates left before he heads over to Australia. And it's like every place he goes, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. This dude play, you know, they just made a parody. They made a movie about, he made a movie about his life that is a, that is a parody of biography movies where Daniel Radcliffe plays him. And the just the ridiculousness of it all because it's a parody. Like he makes out with like he has sex with Madonna. Like it's just it's it's outrageous. It's hilarious. And the guy's a stinking genius. And people don't I, I think that people like him, but don't realize how good he is. He I, I was sitting there thinking about how I was gonna approach this because he's so beloved. And both of my songs are going to both of my song choices are going to be songs that are not parodies. Because I think one of the things that is low-key awesome about Al Yankovic is the fact that his like original stuff 
is really good, even on some level when it's a tribute or a parody to even a style of music. And I'm going to run down a ton of tunes. But like this guy who claims that the reason he plays the accordion is because a traveling salesman stopped by his house and was selling either guitar lessons or accordion accordion lessons. And his parents chose the accordion because they felt the world needed at least two famous accordion playing Yankovics. That's not that that's not hyperbolic either, because allegedly uh, not allegedly, there's some guy um, and I'm, I'm looking for his name where, where, where it's another Yankovic. Um, get there, get there, get there. Frankie Yankovic is the other accordion playing Yankovic in the world. Probably no longer with. Uh, he is not related, by the way. But he 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 became famous in, in by appearing in episodes of the Southern California radio show Doctor Demento, who was very popular in the area. His first hit. You know what his first hit was? Weird Al's kind of quote unquote. Quote unquote, like what was the first tune? Do you know what the first tune that was played really was played for him that got I, him going? The first time, I mean, Eat It was the first thing I ever heard from him. I, and I know it's something else. It's Another One Rides the Bus. Parody of Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. That's the one that, but but he, he made his, like he made his first appearance and started being on uh, Dr. Demento's show. So much so that he credit, he's, he says flat out, if there was no Dr. Demento, he'd probably be doing a real job instead of being the biggest known parody artist of all time. And yes, his, his fame and fortune really comes from his parodies of of tunes that you are all familiar with. Most notably people talked about, you know, you just mentioned eat it. Obviously it was a cover of uh, Michael Jackson's beat it. His follow-up like a surgeon uh, from, from like a virgin also very popular. He was actually reluctant to cover and do the second Michael Jackson tune that he covered fat because he didn't want to be known as the food guy, but he, he just, he continues and he continues to do it to this day. Like the last album of his that I bought, which is mandatory fun. Like he covers Pharrell's happy uh, with a song called tacky. And the video is hilarious. Word crimes, which is a parody of blurred lines. Word crimes, by the way, as an English major, just makes my heart smile and he just he just seems to crank out and he's so good at it that people want to be parodied by him unless you're coolio and coolio just got offended they they, they made up before coolio passed away but like that was this big thing you know amish paradise uh, which is a parody of gangster's paradise with florence henderson as an amish woman it was great stuff great stuff but kurt cobain is famously quoted as saying that he knew they made it when weird al yankovic parodied one of their songs with did you not know this? I did not. Did Which one did he parody? Parodied "Smells Like Teen Spirit," dude. What What was it parody? Yes, you don't remember this? Oh God, I'm I'm gonna. I'm old, Pat. Remember? Let me, no, but you. I cannot believe. I got, I actually got to look up. Um, "Smells Like Nirvana" is the name of the song. Yeah, um, I got it. But like now, I'm yelling and I'm screaming, and no one knows what I'm saying. Like it's it's all about how you can't understand what the hell they're talking oh, about. You, you like really, he makes a whole joke really about Marvel's can't. You really can't. It's 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 freaking hilarious. It is genius. And Kurt Cobain loved it. And most people have loved it. They instantly grab, you know, and grant permission for him to cover their did, tunes. Uh, did you see he did a movie UHF, right? That's a cult uh, classic. Dude, that movie is I own that movie. It's in my basement. And 
What's really interesting about that movie is that it tested incredibly well with audiences, and they thought they had a hit, and then they released it. Do you know what other movie was released on the same weekend that that movie was? A little movie called Batman starring Michael Keaton. Well, that'll explain a lot, right? <laughs> I, I may have been sandwiched between... It may have been sandwiched between Batman and so there were like two massive hits that that like but but Batman was the big one. Big I mean, one. I, like it it just UHF was one of those when I was like back then I was like managing a video store, you know, like they had blockbusters, but we were like Errol's video on the East Coast was like the second and you were on the East Coast, so you may have known about them. They're right. like the second largest video rental play. And UHF was one of like they had like this wall of stuff that we had, like, like, I don't know, like hidden gems, you know, that wasn't what it was called, but that's what it was. And like Mystic Pizza was the one I really remember. And UHF was the other one that I distinctly remember we had up on the wall for a very long time. So here were the movies that UHF was up against leading up to and including the weekend that they came out. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, uh, License to Kill, Dead Poet Society, When Harry Met Sally, rom-com, that was a huge, Do the Right Thing, Weekend at Bernie's. You know, I I mean, I question. 89 was such a big year for movies. And I question, like, well, you know, I mean, it's a different time and it's a different era and you don't have release calendars and no one, I'm sure there's not the internet access, so all you heard was scuttlebutt in the industry, but I'm sure in modern times they'd have been like, Let's delay this to a different release window. Yeah, that's that's just that's brutal to go up against. But he just keeps making great tunes. And the other thing, and this is why I think he doesn't get recognized for his talent, because every one of his albums, first of all, when you learn how to play the accordion, you have to learn how to play polkas. And almost every single album Al has ever released has a mashup of tunes that he has put to polka. And so it's not a parody. It's a straight up mashup of covers of just all these tunes. And I will never forget. I can't even remember what it was, but it was definitely the peak of like late 90s, early 2000s, where the mashup includes uh, Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Chumbawamba is part of it. Like just everything keeps are not. um, Yeah, it just it's like all these different tunes that gets put together. He makes it make sense in a polka. And it, it cracks you up. And then you look at his actual, like, his own independent, like, written-by-himself music. And first of all, if you ever listen to an original Weird Al Yankovic tune, any any parody is one thing, and those are all good. He loves really dark, fatalistic lyrics. Like, hor- like, he talks about horrible, horrible stuff. Like, he wrote two Christmas tunes, and... Both of them are terrible. One is when Santa Claus went nuts, and it's about Santa Claus shooting people up, like with a gun, going all postal worker. And then Christmas at Ground Zero, like Christmas the day after a nuclear blast has caused nuclear fallout. Like he is, his mind is very demented and warped, and he writes about these like horrible, horrible things. And yet he does it in such a way that it's so funny. And that then leads me to all these really, really great songs, even up to his current song, where he is very fun. He has a great time taking a satirical look at satirical look at society. He did a he did a Rage Against the Machine tribute song called "I'll Sue Ya," and it's funny because at the time 
like I didn't really put two and two together. We start talking about Rage Against the Machine, and then you go listen to it, and, I, and I'm sitting there, I was like, well, wait a minute, is this a cover of a Rage song? No, it just sounds so much like Rage Against the Machine. Like, Dave, you gotta listen to it. Like, you gotta. And, oh, he, he has a song, he has a tribute song to Bob Dylan called Bob, where every lyric of the song is a palindrome, including the name of the song, Bob, B-O-B, spell forwards and backwards. It's it's a palindrome, and the lyrics make no goddamn sense, but, but there they are. Uh, Dare to be Stupid is on the uh, 1985 Transformers the movie soundtrack and is probably his most popular, well-known to. And that one, again, it's just about doing absurd, absurd stuff because who cares? Just dare to be stupid. It's awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, more recently, he, uh, he's been making fun of corporate America with the song Mission Statement where it just talks about, it's literally a bunch of people sitting around talking about all this shit that doesn't make any goddamn sense, has no real meaning, but sounds good, because that's what a mission statement really is anymore. And none of those are my two choices. My two choices are the song Your Horoscope Today, where he literally just sings messed up horoscopes for every sign of the Zodiac. My personal favorite is all of your friends are secretly talking about you behind your back and then the track changes, he goes demon voice, and you hear him say, kill them. It, it's beautiful. It gets me every time. And then, you remember Nelson, the band, right? Uh, yeah. I, the, twins. The, the twins with the long, flowing, immaculate blonde hair. You remember, you remember in the late 90s how there would be all, and I'm using Nelson as an example, but so many other bands did this. After where they the, would After have the Rain, that was the big song, right? Right. But, but... You remember all in the late 90s how there were all these videos like stripped down, black and white, two dudes on a stool with an acoustic guitar, just being mellow, singing a tune. Well, Al parodied that whole movement with the song You Don't Love Me Anymore. And oh my God, first of all, do yourselves a favor. Dave's going to play pieces of the tune. I hope he listens to the whole thing and then snips out his favorite highlights of what it is that makes him laugh the hardest. But the video for that song, black and white, Al sitting on a sitting on a stool, long-haired dude pulling out a guitar, playing acoustics, and there's so many moments in this video that just kill me. Like at one point, he finished singing the lyric and it's clear they're going into some sort of like brief instrumental bridge. So the dude who's been playing the acoustic guitar picks is still playing. Al picks up the guitar, sort of tunes it up. He nods a little bit, and then he goes right into his next set of lyrics, so he sets the guitar down and just starts singing again. Uh, Robert Goulet makes a cameo. He's playing the piano, and all of a sudden, like, horrible things start happening to him. Like, the piano, like, cover slams down on his arm, and it cuts off his hand, and he's, like, bleeding profusely. And it's Robert Goulet with, like, a prosthetic, missing stump. Outstanding. And the thing is is throughout all of it, it's amazing music. His use of harmonies, his 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 ability to take accordion and make it something you can play on a, on a music video and make it completely legit is phenomenal. And so I now have taken my 15 to espouse how much I love one Weird Al Yankovic. Dave, before we go and, and head into our commercial break, couple of highlighted Al Yankovic songs and your thoughts on my choice. I I love your choice because there's so much more to it. And I know there's so much more to him than just the parody stuff. And and certainly that 
that comes to mind, uh, you know, when you think of Weird Al Yankovic, that and of course UHF come to mind. But um, I, 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 I'm looking forward to checking out these songs that aren't parodies because, you know, here, here's a spoiler. You know, one of the bands that I've got on my list, you know, to to cover maybe next season or even if we get a wild hair and do some bonus episodes of musical chairs somewhere down the line. Um, and yeah, I've told you about this band, me first in the gimme gimme's who, yeah, a buddy of mine loves them. I absolutely adore these guys. Love these guys. They do, you know, all, all they're, they're punk parodies, you know, of just about any song you get songs. They can't actually turn that into a punk song. Yeah, they can. Um, you know, and, and weird Al, it's like, it's like, wow, he, there's no way they can turn this into a parody. Yeah, he can. He's that talented. And, um, and I know there's so much more to him and just and not just with music, with other things. So I, I love the fact that you covered him and I don't know nearly enough about him outside of all that. Um, but I'm looking forward to checking out some of this stuff. He really is, you know, in an industry full of cynicism, cutthroat, meanness, like, like let's be real, the entertainment industry, whether it's whether it's music, whether it's film, television, it's a ruthless business. It's a cruel business. Al Yankovic doesn't have an in. That's why it was such a big deal when Coolio was pissed about him covering a tune that that he claimed. One, Coolio first was offended that he 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 took it. He like Coolio claimed that they didn't give permission for Al to parody it, and Al's legal people said that they did. Whatever the miscommunication was, the the song got made, and then Coolio took a you know took umbrage with the song and just didn't understand. And, and I remember the behind the music. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like I wasn't. I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to do any harm. Like I didn't, and I know what it meant that much to you, but nobody has a bad thing to say about this. Nobody. He's one of the good guys. Um, one other um, great, and I, I intend to, speaking of spoilers of a band I intend to cover at some point, but Pearl Jam uh, is is definitely on my, on my to-do list. But there's an, another original song of his that I just think is hilarious is uh, My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder. And it's all about how he can't compare with Eddie Vedder. So oh, that's that's probably true. Hey, I got an idea, man, because they're on the What's up? on my list to do is Soundgarden, you know, so we should do that. Yep. We should actually coordinate that episode where I cover Soundgarden, you cover Pearl Jam. And then we talk about Temple of the Dog a little bit, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we could probably make that happen. But we will save that probably for season four because that closes the book on season three of Musical Chairs. We are going to take another commercial break. When we come back, Dave and I are going to do the briefest of hockey previews, which brief for us means like 70 minutes. So actually, it won't be 70 minutes because we all got that kind of time. We got another show to record because it's K-Fabe Tuesday. You see Tony will be showing up and bitching at us. He'll be be rolling in. He'll be making faces. He'll be throwing his hands up because he's watching the Packers or something. But anyway, all of that, we we are going to head into our second commercial, our third commercial break, do a little bit of hockey talk. It's going to be very exciting. You are listening to Musical Chair slash Hockey Talk here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com
yeah, Dave, horn has sounded Tuesday, October 10th, kayfabe today. Hockey season begins 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. They are covering three games, hitting each part of the country as we are getting a game between Nashville and Tampa Bay. We are getting a game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is not a coincidence, by the way. Got to see that hot new rookie as many times as we can. We're going to talk a little bit about Connor Bedard when we get to talking about our storylines of the season. And then we'll head over to the West Coast where the defending Stanley Cup champs will be taking on the Seattle Kraken, the surprise upstart team of last year, as Vegas looks to defend their trophy. Dave, we we talked about this. We're not going to do a full-on conference-by-conference, division-by-division preview. There's just not enough time in today's show to do that. But what we do want to do is talk some storyline. And let's, let's get... Let's rip the Band-Aid off for ourselves first. And let's let's just, let's just do it this way. What do we hope to see from our respective teams of choice? You and your Washington Capitals, and I will talk about my beloved St. Louis Blues. What are you hoping to see out of your Caps this year? They surprised a little bit. They were a little bit better than you gave them credit for last year, Uh Oh no! You 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 no, you, I, you fully expected them to do what I, they did. I look. I did not predict. I'm just saying they weren't the worst team on the no, planet. No, 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 no. And they're not going to be this year either. I, I did not think they would make the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, I was correct. But you're asking what I hope for this year, just to stay healthy. I, I think I, I want them to be healthy. Last year got derailed because of so many injuries, and arguably nobody, no team was going to overcome the rash of injuries that they had last year. Backstrom had hip, hip surgery. He is claiming he feels better than he ever has at his age. A healthy Nick Backstrom is going to make that team immediately better. Um, Tom Wilson, not recovering from ACL surgery. He'll be there from the start. I, I think, you know, they've got a new coach, a young coach. I, I you know, in the, they were decent enough in the preseason. Um, I just want to see them be healthy. I think they can, if they stay healthy, they can, can and they get you know and the young guys come around a little bit quicker and I know Car uh, Carberry uh, wants to get I think that's his, <laughs> I'm I'm drawing a blank um, but you know I know he wants to get the young guys who's, who's on your hockey team no Dave? I mean who's the, on the, your the, hockey the coach team? I'm like what is I'm like drawing right. a blank but um, I think that they can contend for a playoff spot if a few things go right if they stay healthy and and they get a few things right. And all that's just a, a subplot to, of course, the big story with the Capitals, which is Ovechkin's chase of Gretzky's record. And I saw it like they had a whole thing on ESPN or NHL.com, you know, speculating how many goals do you think Alex is going to get this year? Um, because realistically, you know, I listen to everybody. I'm I'm going with 45 this. Nah, I take that back. I'll go with 40 this year. If he gets 40 this year, that means it's somewhere around the middle of next season, he's going to break the record. So I think that that's, he's 72 away right now. I think that's the the biggest story with the Caps is, yes, A, can they contend? Can they be improved? Can they stay healthy? That Metro division is is ugly deep. Um, so I think, but, you know, Alex's chase of the record, how well he does, can he stay healthy? If he does and he hits 40, you know, next year you got a really big, big story happening. For me... Can the Blues just just don't be an embarrassment to yourself? Be a tough out. They're they're not a playoff team. Like 
my my hockey franchise. I hate sports right now, Dave. Can I? I just got to get this just real quick. This is a general Patrick O'Dowd sport. Every sport, every team that I cheer for in sports fucking sucks. All of them. The St. Louis Cardinals, a last place to lit division for the first time since the '90s. The Bears. I don't care that they beat your commanders, and you can you can say whatever. Beat, They're beat a them. fucking dumpster. Beat them. They annihilated yes. them. But the Bears are a fucking dumpster fire. Like they're just a fucking dumpster fire. I I don't buy it. I no offense, but they beat a crappy team. Like they sh- they, they lost at home to the Broncos with a twenty one point lead in the fourth quarter. They're terrible. My college football team of choice, my beloved Fighting Illini, coming off an eight and four season and an appearance at the Cit- what used to be the Citrus Bowl, are two and four and and working their way to the worst team in the Big Ten. They lost to a Nebraska team and, and didn't even look like they belonged on the same field as them. They scored seven points against Nebraska. Awful. Uh, I don't follow pro basketball, so I got nothing the Bulls, there. The Bulls aren't bad. Yeah, but I don't really, like, I kind of follow They're the not NBA. Good I don't either, really but... follow the NBA. Hey, you could be a, yeah, wizard. And, you could and, be a Wizards fan, buddy. I mean. I could be. And then last but not least, my St. Louis Blues, who ever since they won the Stanley Cup have just been on a slow painful descent into irrelevancy well and and they are again this year they like they got just remember they got screwed by the pandemic because they were in first place and they were looking great but they were i guess but then everything's just sort of like from that moment here's the thing is if you are a championship caliber franchise that doesn't derail you for the next five four years like it just doesn't and what's happened since then is because because of Things Doug Armstrong did to get to that cup and then to lose out. Sure. We've had to let like everybody go. And I'm watching all these, like I watched all of these great blues players from that cup team play in the playoffs last year for other teams. Some of them won a cup for other teams. And that is just a kick in the nuts. And so they're, they're full blown rebuild. They had like a million draft picks this past NHL draft. I don't know that any of them were really like, I, you know, we had like three first round picks and I don't know that any of them are, are particularly special, you know, and in the Midwest, you got a bunch of sourpuss blues fans trying to act like the NHL fixed it. So that Chicago got bedard, but you look at your, pers- yeah, it's whatever. statistically they were supposed well, no, Anaheim was, they were, but I mean, they was, were like number two though. Yeah, right. They had a higher chance of getting the bedard pick. Then the St. Louis Blues with their like one percent the caps, yeah, exactly. Right. So to sit there and whine and piss and moan and cry, the fix is in because the number three market in in the nation got Connor Bedard. Like I, I'm just not buying it. But for me, it's just I need them to I need them to be a tough out. I don't need them to be a playoff contender. I need them to be a tough out. Offensively, they could be a tough out. Defensively, they're going to give up a lot of goals. They just are. And we don't, we, and it's going to be like, we, I, I don't know which Jordan Bennington will get. I don't know which one. I wonder the same thing about you know. Darcy Kemper. Which one am I going to get? Right. <laughs> so there you go, folks. There's our, our fatalistic look at the uh, NHL season for our teams. Dave, I go back to you. What are, let's do, let's each do two storylines for the season and I'll, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. What is one storyline you are interested in? going into the 2023-2024 season. As much as I hate them, the P- Pittsburgh Penguins um, yep. made a big move getting Carlson. 
um, that if you listen to some of the pundits in Pittsburgh and, and around in the Western Pennsylvania area, feel like that is a game changer of a trade. I, you know, to me, it's a big deal, but Pittsburgh missed the playoffs last year for the same reasons that Washington did injuries and they're just getting old. Carlson's not exactly Connor Bedard as far as youth is concerned. So did it make that appreciable a difference? Is is it enough to um, make Pittsburgh competitive? And I keep, I go back and the Metro's the division I know the best because the Caps and the Pens are in there. And I just look at that division and I look at the Rangers and I look at the Devils and I look at the Islanders and these stacked ass teams who, you know, even Columbus, I think, is going to be better this year. Um, Philadelphia, I don't know. But, you know, can do the Pens, did that trade turn back the hands of time for maybe a season or two and make the Pittsburgh Penguins competitive again? That's like a story I'm really interested in. And just about like everything in the Metro division, because I got my ideas as to who's winning the Metro this year. And um, it's not the Penguins and it's not the Caps. That's for sure. Shocker. I know. All right, my my first storyline, will anyone other than Connor Bedard compete for rookie of the year in the NHL? Now, now is he going to play this year or they are, or is there, are the Blackhawks already bringing him up or he's going to stay in the mind? Oh, I'm pretty sure he's coming up. All right. See, I mean, we're uh, here's the thing is they're talking about this dude in the same breath as like they're calling him generational talent. They're ca- they're putting him on the same level as a Sidney Crosby an Alex Ovechkin, a Connor McDavid, and an Austin Matthews. The the story in Chicago, as you look at some of the local media, is who will be on the line with Connor Bedard? Like who who are they putting with him? So that tells me he's gonna be playing this. And that's that's why it's not an accident that day one of the 2023-2024 season, we got a Blackhawks game on ESPN because that's that's gonna be ratings. Everybody's going to want to see this kid play. Uh, the dude's got a baby face. He's he killed it in the WHL. Like it's it's insane. Like he he during the 2021-2022 WHL season, he racked up 100 points, 51 goals and 49 assists. He was the third ever 16-year-old to tally 100 points in a WHL season. And then in his second full season, 143 points, 71 goals and 72 assists. That's insane. So I, he's going to be up. He's going to play. The, the question is, you know, how will he perform at this level, especially with the the amount of expectations that are on this kid, like sky high, right? And can Just he, sky can high he physically hold up? Because he's got all the moves, but he's going to get hit by some really big dudes at high velocity. Sure, and we're going to find out. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but we're going to see. We're going to see. And... Uh, I'm honestly, I'm probably going to watch it until we start recording the Greg DeMarco show on Tuesday. Because that's when we record the Greg DeMarco show. Right. Hockey day. So that's my, that's my, uh, my, my first choice for questions going into the season. Other thing, the second one, your second choice, uh, for storyline, something you want to track. I'll stay into, I will stay out East and keep a very watchful eye on our favorite team, Pat the Boston Bruins because last year we buried them at the beginning of the season. They turned in the greatest regular season in the history of hockey and then flamed out in epic fashion against the Florida Panthers. Now this year, the Pasternak Pasternak retired, right? 
Um, no, yeah, he they resigned. lost. He re- Bergeron retired. Sorry, Pasternak. Bergeron retired. Right. Uh, pa- uh, they re-signed Pasta. Um, they still got Brad yeah. Marchand. They've still got a lot of the core. Yeah, they still got a lot of the core that did so well last year. But without Bergeron, uh, I don't know how they respond. Certainly, I don't foresee them having a season anywhere near like last year. And that loss to Florida, how much does that stick with them? Because they absolutely blew, blew that series. And And I'm curious if they, I don't, and, and Toronto, I would expect to supplant them this year. But they're a team that I'm wondering if this is, you know, like what we predicted for them last year, whether that comes to fruition this year. Well, and we we really ragged on the age of that team and just how old they were. And frankly, that's what that's what I saw in the playoffs is they finally looked old and slow, in my opinion. Like if you if you watching those games and it was it was fascinating to me to see that that just sort of catch up with them. But you talked about Patrice Bergeron gone. Here's here are the other key losses to that team. I gotta I gotta up here. It's funny. I have to choose a, a different storyline now because you stole my storyline. I'm sorry. Asshole. And, <laughs> Stay out uh, west. I'm actually, Stay well, out west. I am. I'm gonna move out west because the other story I had was in the east, and I'm like, nah. We, you know, Vasilevsky being injured and out for two months. That's a big story. What will that mean for Tampa Bay? We'll have to see. But uh, key losses for Boston: Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi. Dmitry Orlov, Nick Falong, uh, Feligno, and Connor Clifton. They added they added Kevin Shattenkirk, Milan Lucic, James Van Riemsdyk, Jesper Boquist, and Morgan Geeky. For that, and this is this is straight out of CBS. Yeah. So they lost eighty-two goals and one hundred and thirty-four assists, and only added. 42 goals and 82 assists. That is not a good trade-off. That is clearly dangerous for Boston. That is clearly a sub negative there. So yeah, that's, that's a lot, man, for that team to give up all that. That's a lot. And and who knows, maybe a change of maybe, maybe a change of look can, can do something for them, but I I don't know. I have a question. Um, You You think Jim Montgomery is on the hot seat at all after the season he had, but the, Failure in the playoffs. If they get off to a slow start, slower than expected, you know, didn't he win the Jack Adams last year for coach of the year or something like that? He should have. Um, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. I, I wonder if, if I, I don't think so, but hockey's such a fickle sport and a, what have you done for me lately yeah. league? So interesting. It, it will be interesting to see how it pay, pays out. I will say Boston franchises aren't necessarily known for their patience. So That's we'll see than, how long other than the Patriots. Well, I mean, Robert Kraft ain't going to fire his bull. He's just not going to fire his bull. So there's that. All right. My my last one, this is a low-hanging fruit, but I'll go out west. Can Vegas repeat as Stanley Cup champion? In one word? Yes. They did not. They, they did very little change on this team's roster from last year to this year. The only thing so, about Vegas is you know what you had in, in Aiden Hill this year. And he was an unknown quantity last year. Um, right. I don't know. Is Lerner still there? Or does it even fucking matter at this point? Probably not. But um, yeah. I mean, it's Hill's job to lose. Yeah. Vegas. Can they repeat? Absolutely. I, I don't think they didn't lose much of anything like you're saying. Um, that's still a team. Got Jack Eichel. That's a team. man. he's he really. I mean, yeah, that guy. They don't they have uh who who'd they get from St. Louis? Is Tarasenko there? Is he he's with New York, right? No, Tarasenko went to the Rangers. Right. They got um oh god Petrangelo. Yeah, right. They got Alex Petrangelo. 
Right. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, Vegas. Can they repeat? I think that they've got. I mean, they just that's. You talk about the, they got all this experience. They've been in the league for five years, but they're one of the most playoff ready teams that, that I can think of. Um, so yeah, in, in one word, can they repeat? Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think they can. I think it's been proven time and time again. Sorry. They also got Ivan Barbashev from the blues. Um, speaking of names that I used to see, but um, yeah, I think that, it's it's hard not to at least entertain the idea. Like I said, the, the roster is largely unchanged, so there's no reason to think they can't. Um, but it's hard. Like it's been proven that it's really hard. You know, there, there's fewer Tampa Bay's out there than there are, you know, one and dones. Like to do it over and over again is is tough. So I I think that it's a good question. I think that they will be a early favorite but i don't know that i buy them to repeat because it's repeating as stanley cup champs is extraordinarily difficult so we'll get into more depth next week everyone as we sort of get our first reactions to the first few games of the seasons i look forward to talking about the doom and gloom that is my blues dave will regale you with all the doom and gloom that is all right pat is, i gotta oh, oh gotta call got we gotta do this we got to do this. We got to make did, our picks for the Stanley mistake? Cup right now. I know we don't have a lot of information. I don't. But we always I do that. Know, we always man. do the preview. Okay. Okay. Just. We got. I'm going to go. I'm going to take the New York Rangers out of the East, I think. I think this. Are they going to score goals this year? I think they'll score enough goals this year to to break through. Um, out West. Yeah. God damn, it's tough. Um, I think Colorado has a bounce back season this year. I think that the. Uh, that the loss to uh, yeah the loss to Seattle in the playoffs stung pretty well. They had a lot of momentum and things just kind of fell apart. I'll go Rangers Avalanche in the Stanley Cup. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's pick the New York Rangers to win the Stanley Cup and make the Big Apple very happy. And of course, I'll probably be very wrong on all this stuff, but screw it. It's fun. It's the uh, it's the season preview. Rangers Avalanche Stanley Cup with the Rangers winning in seven games. Wow. Even going with a with a number of games. All right. So in the West, I'm going to go with a team that was a relative surprise with how deep they went into the playoffs. I think they take a step forward this year going out of the Central Division. Uh, the Dallas Stars, I think they are primed. They've got great talents in Robertson and Hines. They've got Pavaleski, who does not seem to age. He's like 9,000 years old, and all he does is go to the playoffs and grow a beard. Like that's his, that's his job. And he does it well. You got Jamie Ben. They got one of the best goalies in hockey. And so I'm going with the Dallas stars in the West. I am going to, I'm going to regret this. He's not listening, but our buddy Kyle will be pleased. Carolina. This is the year they're going to do it. They're going to make a run. Yeah. I mean, you landed, you landed, you landed Michael Bunting. You added, uh, you know, Demetri Orlov assigned to a two year deal. You've got some up. You've just you've upgraded your talent. You've made yourself a little more competitive on the defensive side. Side. I think this is the year that they can do it. All right. Last pop quiz question for you. Then we're out of here. What team from each conference that didn't make the playoffs last year do you think gets in this year? I can go first if you want. Go ahead. Buffalo gets to the playoffs from the East. I think the Sabers take that step forward. They make a move. They get to the playoffs this year. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Um, I think out west, let's go with the low-hanging fruit, 
Chicago. I mean, next to last in 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 the West, Connor Bedard makes a big enough difference that they they get in as an eight seed or something like that. I, I, and we we thought last year the Blackhawks were going to make a move, and they got off to that abysmal start and never could recover. They'll do better this year. Bedard will be enough to get them in the playoffs. That's what I got. I can't believe I'm going to say this. You're not going to believe I'm going to say this. Well, one, I agree with you. Uh, last year I picked Chicago to make the playoffs, and I was wrong. Uh, I'm going to pick the shot. I'm going to I'm going to pick the sexy pick, the shiny new toy. I'm going to I'm going to pick the Chicago Blackhawks as well. The Ottawa Senator. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good call, man. They they were playing much better. Nearly they the they were playing really well towards the end of the season. They look like a team that has something to play for. Somebody buy them. Can somebody buy them uh, and get that taken care of? And it'll be good. But I'm going to go with Ottawa. And that'll that'll be my all two. Those are our all two. Actually, not all too early because we certainly waited to the last second to make these calls. But uh, there you go, everyone. That's going to do it for our supersized edition, our combination uh, musical chairs slash hockey talk. Dave, before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Well, you can find me on X Twitter or Twix, as we like to call it sometimes, at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And you can find me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist. It is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Same handle on Instagram, same handle on threads, which is where I'm going once Elon starts charging. Be sure to catch me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chair Shot Radio Network every Monday I am talking nerdy stuff with Dave and a cavalcade of others on Bandwagon Nerds. On Tuesdays, Dave and I talking music, hockey, sometimes both. Got both this week. And then on Wednesdays, I'm talking wrestling and lists. Lots of lists uh, on the Greg DeMarco show these days has become a highlight of our days. We try to come up with more interesting, weird lists to have on the show. I loved my list this week. By the way, go back and check it out of terrible wrestler names. That's going to do it for Dave and I here on our Combination Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Musical Chairs slash Hockey Talk on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com.
like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.